0: his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell of his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we glory in your name
1: this morning. We rejoice. We commit this worship service to you. We ask that you would bless us and use us us to uplift your holy name in the way that only you deserve.
0: We pray all this in the matchless and blessed name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Please take your seats. Amen. Good
2: morning, Salem. What a joy it is today to share one of the two ordinances the of our church. We are on the first Sunday of each month We celebrate the Holy Communion, and on this Sunday, we have the joy of serving of observing baptism. We will now be led by our praise team. Come on, You stand to your feet this morning.
1: Let's give God thanks for the great things that he has done. Come on, the Bible says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. How many are grateful to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Are you grateful to be alive this morning? Come on, let's give God praise for the wonderful things that he's done for us. Come on, the song simply says, Thank you for all that you've done for us thus far. How many thankful folk are in the building and not just because it was Thanksgiving this week, but we are thankful every day for the many blessings that the Lord has bestowed upon us. Come on, I said, Are you thankful this morning? Hallelujah. So if you would like to go to youth church, you're dismissed right now. It's prayer time here at Salem. We want to remember this morning to pray for our president, Joe Biden, our nation, our military personnel. We want to pray for those who are hospitalized, Sister Jewel Gay and Bergen Mercy. Lift up our pastor, Dr. Selvin Q. Bacchus, in prayer. Sister Gloria Brody, Mother Juanita Cross. Sister Kissiana Curtis, Sister Jonice Rogers, Brother Ron Alvoy, Deacon James Brewer, Brother Sam Cuffey, the uncle of Lois Hopgood, Brother T.J. Robinson, Jr., and Brother James Smith, the father of Regina Davis. There are those in our church family who are bereaved this morning. The family of our former member Craig Nelson. Funeral services will be Monday. Brother Orlando and Sister Susie Jackson and the loss of his brother, Jesse Williams. Funeral services will be held on Saturday, December 3rd. And Sister Roberta Watson and Judy Rhodes and the loss of their brother, David Brown. The wake will be Wednesday. Funeral service will be Thursday at Cutler Funeral Home in Council Bluffs. And now we'll be led in prayer at this time by our deacon ministry.
3: stretch my Almighty long way. Thank, Thank you for yesterday, yes. today, yes. and forevermore. Yeah. I look into the hills this yes. morning for my blessings come from you, Lord. Yeah. Thank, you. Thank you. Oh Lord, I want to pray this morning for our pastor, Lord. Pray that you will. Send down thy teardrops of mercy, Lord. Bless the leadership of Salem this morning. I pray that you would bless each ministry in the church. Oh, Lord, I'm coming to you, petitioning you for those who have given their names for special prayer this morning. Lord, I'm praying for those that are gathered this morning in the sanctuary and for those who are with us virtually and everywhere. You know us, Lord. You know all about us. For yes, uh, Lord, there is a bomb in Gilead that heals the wounded and sins, sins hearts. But I know God this morning. He's able uh, to raise up that bow down hair. Yes. And he's able yes. to ease that troubled mind. Yes. Oh Lord, yes. I know this morning yes. that you can mend a broken heart. Now Lord, I pray that you would walk on around here, Lord. For I know your spirit is here this morning. For I feel it myself in my bones. Bless, Lord, uh, as you have never done before. (laughs) I pray this morning that are grieving, Lord. For I understand and know about the stain of death. Now, Lord, I think about what you said to your prophet Joshua. Be strong, be of good courage. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed. Call on the Lord, uh, for he is good, and his mercy endureth forever. Thank you, Lord, for being God. And God, all by yourself. I know this morning that you specialize in what no other God can do. Thank you. Thank you, you, Lord. I lift you up and to you be all the glory. Now, Lord, I pray for forgiveness of our sins. Please blot out our transgressions. Lord, go with us, Lord, and be with us in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, you, Lord. In the masterful name of Jesus, I pray, and I thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen.
2: amen thank you deacon Frison, for that prayer even as those who are coming into the sanctuary we trust that everyone had a wonderful thanksgiving amen full of turkey and everything else and spent all your money on black friday amen <laughs> all right we have just a few announcements we want to share with you on today as we move forward in our worship service We're asking that you would join us today at 3.30 p.m. for our deacon's ordination service. Uh, That'll be 3.30 p.m. today in the sanctuary. Our guest speaker will be Dr. Jonathan Whitfield of Des Moines, Iowa. So we encourage you to come back as we encourage those brothers who have been in training uh, throughout the pandemic, but now it's time uh, that they received their ordination. So we would love to see you here today at 3.30 and show your support. Our deacons will be handing out communion elements this Saturday, December the 3rd from noon to 2 p.m. Please note the time change. The time is noon to 2 p.m. this Saturday. We will be providing transportation from the church parking lot to the Holland Performing Arts Center for the Joyful North production. However, you will need to sign up today after service or call the church office so that we can get the proper head count uh, for that transportation service. Salem, we want to thank you for your generosity. You truly responded as we asked for donations uh, for our Salem Food Pantry, for our senior Christmas baskets. Because of your generosity, we're able to give away a few more uh, senior baskets. And so we're asking those who would still like to receive one, if you would please call the church this week, as we have additional baskets that we can give away. However, you need to call before Friday, December the 2nd. There's also an opportunity for you to still give to support our senior baskets uh, during the offering time on your offering envelope. If you would simply list Salem Food Pantry or senior Christmas baskets on the line that says other, or if you're giving online, if you would note that in the memo section, we'll make sure that we're able to provide these baskets for those families. Amen? Mark your calendars for Tuesday, December the 13th at 7 p.m. We will have our annual church meeting as we look forward to what God has in store for us for the year 2023. And we also have some important information that we want to share with you on that evening. So mark your calendars down. We need you to show up. We need everyone to be present so that you can receive the information as we look forward to what God has in store for us. Amen. That's Tuesday, December the 13th at 7 p.m. You just can't be God-given no matter how hard you try. And so we now want to continue in worship as we prepare to bring our tithes and offering to the Lord. During this month of Thanksgiving, we know that it is Acts Sunday, All Church Tithes Sunday. What is a tithe? A tithe is simply 10% of what we earn. And over and above our tithe, we ought to give sacrificially to the kingdom and to the work of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There are several ways in which you can give your tithes and offering. You can mail your tithes and offering in to the church here at Salem Baptist Church, 3131 Lake Street, Omaha, Nebraska 68111. You may also drop your tithes and offering off Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. There's a secure tithes and offering box just outside of the administrative office. You may also visit our website at SalemBC.org and there's a donate button there that you can use. You can also give through PayPal, Givelify, Venmo, or Cash App. Or you can text to give at 402-543-3316. And for those of you who are in the sanctuary, you have an opportunity to give as you exit the sanctuary at the end of worship service on today. Amen. Now we want to lift our offering envelopes to the Lord and repeat our affirmation about what we believe about giving here at the Salem Baptist Church. Simply repeat after me, we plant good seed in good soil, and we will receive God's prosperity for our lives. We plant good seed in good soil, and we will receive God's prosperity for our lives. And the people of God said, praise the Lord. We will now be led further in worship with our music ministry.
1: Thank you, choir, for that reminder that Thanksgiving is not restricted to a Thursday in November. Every day is a day of Thanksgiving. Enter into into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Lord, we just want to take a moment right now, if we do nothing else, to say thank you. Thank you for saving our souls. Thank you for a great hope for the future. Thank you for healing our diseases. Thank you for putting food on the table, clothes on our back, and money in our pockets. Thank you, Lord, for all you've done. And Lord, I pray this spirit of thanksgiving, this attitude of gratitude we continue even as we go into the Word of God. Lord, I pray you'd open up hearts and minds to receive your Word with thanksgiving. Lord, we are grateful you have chosen to communicate with, with us to give us encouragement and hope. Lord, I pray for an anointing right now, not for my sake, but for your sake. Lord, I pray that you would just open up the hearts of individuals here today to receive your word, whatever it is that you're bringing to them. We know that your word will not return void. We ask these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Put your hands together as we thank the Lord for his goodness, mercy, and grace. Hallelujah. So good to hear the choir singing. Oh, Amen. what an encouragement that is. I'm thankful for that. We continue to lift up our pastor in prayer, of course, in his absence, and I am humbled to be standing here in his stead. I never take that for granted. But we're going to go to the Word now, and I'd like you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 8 and 9, just a short text this morning. Would you stand to your feet as we honor the reading of God's Word? 1 Corinthians 16, verses 8 and 9. I'm going to read from the New King James Version this morning. This is the Apostle Paul talking. He says, But I will tarry in Ephesus until Pentecost, for a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. I want to title this sermon this morning, Stay in the Struggle. Stay in the struggle. In a couple of weeks, Omaha will be the center of the professional boxing world, as Terrence Bud Crawford defends his welterweight title at the Chai Health Center. And I'm going to venture a guess that some people, in the sound of my voice today, will be at that event. But I want to go back almost 42 years to the day to November 25th, 1980, one of the most infamous fights in boxing history took place. Roberto Duran against Sugar Ray Leonard. And it's infamous not because of a knockdown or a knockout, but because Duran, who was considered one of the toughest boxers of his day, quit in the middle of that fight. Though Duran had beaten Leonard just a few months before, this time he was out of shape, and he was overconfident, and he was losing badly. And near the end of the eighth round, he had enough, supposedly uttering these words in Spanish, no mas, no more, I'm done. He did not want to stay in the struggle. Unless we look down at Roberto Duran for quitting on that day 42 years ago, I'm guessing that every one of us has moments like that in our lives. Times when it's really hard to stay in the struggle. Maybe you've tried to get that educational degree. Maybe you're trying to finish a project. Maybe your marriage is on the rocks. Maybe it's overcoming an addiction or a bad habit. Maybe it's a health issue. Maybe it's simply doing the right thing. Whatever it is has become way too challenging for you. You don't want to stay in the struggle. You simply want to say, no mas, no more. And if you can relate to that this morning, I'm hopeful that something from this short passage will help you keep going today, help you stay in the struggle, and yes, even help you walk in your God-given destiny. Now, when we look at this text at first glance, it seems merely informational. In verse 8, Paul says, I'm going to stay in Ephesus, Ephesus a little while longer. But the next verse reveals a little more. For a great and effective door has been opened to me, and there are many adversaries. And so we find two realities in that verse. Number one, God has opened a door. And number two, there are many adversaries. And I would say our perspective in situations like this determines whether we stay in the struggle or whether we actually give up. And so I'm going to break it down a little bit and perhaps see a little bit where Paul was coming from in this text. And so we look at reality number one. God opens doors to do great and effective work. Look at verse 9 again. For a great and effective door has been opened to me In the NIV, it says, a great door for effective work. God has opened a door for Paul, and it's not just any door. Uh, That Greek word for great indicates something that is truly significant and genuinely important. God has opened the door for an important work for Paul, a great work, an effective work. So what made this such a great door? Well, number one, it was the location of the door. Ephesus was one of the most important cities in the entire Roman Empire. One commentary ranked the great cities of that day. Number one was Rome, number two was Alexandria and Egypt, and number three was Ephesus. Understand that many travelers passed through Ephesus because of its political importance. Many merchants came through because of its commercial importance, and many pilgrims came there because of its religious importance. Ephesus was the center of worship for the pagan goddess Artemis, or Diana, as we know in English. And she was considered the mother goddess of all Asia Minor. And the temple built for Diana there was a magnificent structure. It was considered one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. It featured 127 columns. Some of those columns were 60 feet, or six stories tall. It was incredible. And you can find details of Paul's time in Ephesus in Acts chapter 19. I urge you to read that when you have a chance. The Bible shows that there was a great work going on there. And there was a revival going on through the ministry of Paul and others. People were getting saved and people were getting healed and evil spirits were getting cast out. And even those involved in occult activity that were practicing black magic were saved and transformed by the power of God. In fact, they brought their books filled with spells and incantations and burned them in front of everyone to show their allegiance and loyalty to Christ. Scholars also believe that Ephesus became a staging point for other missionary efforts in the region. Some even believe the seven churches of Revelation were planted out of this mighty move of God. And Acts 19.20 sums it up best. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. The word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed there in Ephesus. I want you to think about that this morning. This ancient, important city steeped in Greek and Roman culture, this city in the shadow of a great temple to a pagan god, this city obsessed with the occult, had now become a place of revival because God had opened a door. Hallelujah. Nowhere does Paul say, I opened the door. He says, a door was opened to me. I want you to know this morning that God opens doors for great and effective work. He's still doing that today. And if we had time this morning, somebody in this building would testify how God opened a door in your life, a situation where nobody but God could have done that, a path he put you on a place he brought you to and on this Thanksgiving weekend it is appropriate to take a moment and thank God for the open doors he's brought into our lives and I can look back at my own life and I can see all sorts of doors that God opened jobs that were open to me educational opportunities ministry opportunities because of God and God alone you see what some people call coincidence I call providence what some call coincidence I call providence there are times when all you can say is God made a way out of no way in my situation he is a way maker and like the songwriter says when I look back over my life and I think things over I can truly say that I've been blessed I got a testimony hallelujah it's just a reminder this morning to somebody here today, be thankful for the doors that God has opened in your life. Be thankful for in advance for the doors He will be opening in the future. But reality number two tells us that even when God opens doors, there will be times of struggle. Verse 9 puts it this way. There are many adversaries you see that word adversary denotes opposition both verbal and physical opposition so so God opened the door for Paul but there was all sorts of opposition for him and Acts 19 gives details of what he faced in Ephesus Paul was there for over two years establishing a church and at first he taught in the Jewish synagogue and he was reasoning and persuading them about Jesus but the Bible says in Acts 19:9 9, that some were hardened and did not believe, but spoke evil of the way before multitudes, an open door, but adversaries speaking evil. Sound familiar to anybody? But Paul doesn't say no mass. Paul stays in the struggle. And so he uses another strategy. He pulls out of the synagogue and takes the whole revival to a different venue. He rents a hall, and people continue to get saved and changed, and the power of God is still on display. But once again, opposition rises up. There were some in Ephesus who made a living creating and selling images of the goddess Diana. And when people started turning to Jesus, guess what? Sales went down. So a silversmith by the name of Demetrius stirred up the people of Ephesus. He blamed Paul single-handedly for the downturn in the economy. He even accused Paul of disrespecting Diana and the temple. And Demetrius appealed to the worst fears of the people and their prejudice and nams an angry mob. And they were saying stuff like this. We can't let these foreigners get away with this. Great is Diana of the Ephesians. And this chant went on for two hours in this big arena. I'm not making this up. It's all in Acts chapter 19. And when Paul goes in to address the crowd, his friends wouldn't let him go. They felt it was too dangerous. As a side note, Paul would later write in one of his epistles about fighting with wild beasts in Ephesus. And I don't think he was talking about lions and tigers and bears. He was talking about the ferocity of the human opposition that he faced. This was an angry mob that wanted to kill him. It was a struggle. And I want you to know this today and be prepared for this, that even when God opens doors in your life, there will still be struggle. Even when God is involved, there will still be struggle. Even though he promised to never leave us nor forsake us, there will still be struggle. Listen to me right now. Every great and effective work in the church, in the community, in your family, in your personal life, on the job, in your vocation, every one of those will face struggle. Every worthwhile thing that God gives you the strength to do will be a struggle at times. It's just the way it is. In fact, when you think about it, the struggle may not start until you walk through the open door. That's when it all begins. Walk into your destiny, and all of a sudden, you find it's a struggle, and they are, they're adversaries, and they're talking trash my way. And when you walk through the doors that God is opening, when you walk through the doors that God is truly opening, you also need to understand it's not just about human adversaries. It's about the ultimate adversary, Satan. The Hebrew word for Satan literally means adversary. There's a spiritual struggle going on for the people of God. Listen, it's not a coincidence that Paul wrote his great passage about spiritual warfare to the church at Ephesus. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts There is a backstory to Ephesians chapter 6, and we're exploring it today. Paul looked back at his time in Ephesus, and he realized this was not just about angry and insecure people. It was a spiritual battle that was going on, and that's why he tells the church, put on the whole armor of God. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I want you to know Ephesians. I want you to know Salem. It's going to be a struggle. We need to put on the armor of God. Reality one, God opens doors. Reality two, it will be a struggle. Which brings me to this final point. Reality three depends on us. It depends on our faith perspective and our view of God. And so the question for all of us today, as we look at God opening doors, as we ponder walking through those opening doors, the question for all of us is, will we focus on the struggles that come from walking through the open door or focus on the God who opened that door? Will we focus on the struggles that come from walking through the open door, or will we focus on the God who opened that door? Truth is that we miss out on blessings God has for us when we focus on the adversary instead of the presence of God. We become like the children of Israel who did not possess the promised land and missed out on incredible blessing in their life even when God had opened the door for them. You may remember the story, it's found in the book of Numbers. There was a time shortly after they had left Egypt when, when they were on the verge of going into the Promised Land, and God said, it's time to go in. They were at a place called Kadesh Barnea. And so they gathered there, and, and they sent in 12 representative, 12 spies, to check out the Promised Land to see how beautiful and wonderful it was. And so they went, and they saw this beautiful, uh, fruitful land. They brought back some of the fruit of the land. They said, it's a land flowing with milk and honey. But they also saw something else. They saw adversaries. They saw giants in the land. And so when they came back, it was a mixed report. Two of them, Caleb and Joshua, said, yes, there are giants in the land, but we can take the land. This is God's time. This is God's call. This is God's leading. God is opening the door. And ten others focused on the adversary. They said, no way. Not only are there giants in the land, but we're like grasshoppers in their sight. Instead of seeing the benefits of the promised land, they focused on the giants in the land. They let their adversaries dominate their thinking, and they ended up wandering 40 years in the wilderness and dropping dead in that wilderness missing out on the incredible blessing that God had opened a door for them to receive. Sometimes they have to encourage former inmates who become discouraged in their struggle. They have an encounter with God while in jail, and when they get out, it's a struggle. There's a struggle to find a job. There's a struggle to stay sober. There's a struggle to give up old habits. There's a struggle to live a Christian lifestyle, and it's tempting to focus on all the adversaries, the obstacles, instead of the open doors that God puts in front of them. In fact, for any of us, I believe it's easier sometimes to see the adversaries. It's easy to focus on the struggle and overlook what God has done in our lives. But I want to come back to the reality that dominates Paul's thinking. God has opened the door. God has opened the door. In the Greek, it's in the present tense, which means God not only opened the door, the door is still open. Door hasn't closed yet. God opened that door. Because the door is open and God's work is getting done, Paul can stay in the struggle. Yes, there are many adversaries for Paul, but he sees God at work, he sees the open door, and he stays in the struggle. And like Paul, when we focus on the reality of God in the struggle, we will find the tenacity to stay in the struggle. Hallelujah. When we focus on the reality of God in the struggle, we will find the tenacity to stay in the struggle. Pray for God to give us this perspective, to help us focus on him and not our adversaries. Let me be clear. Sometimes it is God's will and God's wisdom to move on. We have to be discerning and open to whatever God will is doing in our life. Paul discovered that more than once in his ministry. He would go somewhere and the Holy Spirit would say, uh-uh, move on. The timing isn't right. The place isn't right. But I'm here to say this. If God has opened the door, and God has not closed that door, and there are still good things going on, if good things are getting done, don't give up prematurely. Hang in there. Stay in the struggle. Hallelujah. That's why Paul says in Galatians, let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due time we shall reap if we do not lose heart. well, Paul could have given up many times in his life. He could have said, look at my adversaries there in Ephesus. Look at my adversaries in Philippi. Look at my adversaries in Jerusalem. Look at my adversaries in Rome. Look at the giants in the land. But as he summed up his life and summed up his situation, he had a great gospel perspective. His encounter with Christ had totally changed his outlook, and he could look at adversity and write things like, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Or he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Or if God be for us, who can be against us? Or we are hard-pressed on every side but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are struck down, but not destroyed. Hallelujah. Paul's saying, I've had some ups and downs. I've had some scary moments. But his grace and mercy brought me through. I'm living each moment because of you, Jesus. So I'm going to fight the good fight. I'm gonna finish my course. I'm gonna keep the faith because His grace is sufficient for me. Hallelujah. Let me encourage somebody today. It's not about the giants in the land. It's about the grace of God in your life. It's not about the giants in the land. It's about the grace of God in your life. It's not about the giants in the land. It's about the anointing he's laid on you. It's about about the power he's given you, the doors he's opened to you, the peace that he promised you, the blessing that he put on you, and the hope that he put in you. That's what it's about. It's not about the giants of the land. It's about the Spirit of God in your life. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. that's what it's about. With God's help, we can stay in the struggle. We can keep moving forward. We can not only survive, we can thrive. And I love the old hymn that Johnson Oatman wrote many years ago, I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I'm onward bound, Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand. By faith on Canaan's table land, a higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. And I don't know about you, but when all is said and done, I'm thankful this morning that we serve a Savior who stayed in the struggle, hallelujah. He was despised and rejected of men, but he stayed in the struggle. He agonized in the garden, but he stayed in the struggle. They put thorn upon his head, but he stayed in the struggle. They put stripes upon his back, but he stayed in the struggle. They hung him high on a cross, but he stayed in the struggle. And then early one Sunday morning, early one Sunday morning, early one Sunday morning, he rose up with all power in his hands so that you and I can stay in the struggle. Lord, give us grace this morning to stay in the struggle. Lord, lift me up and let me stand. By faith on Canaan's tableland, a higher plane than I have found. Lord plant, Lord, plant my feet. Lord, plant my feet. Lord, plant my feet. Lord, plant my feet. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Stay in the struggle. Stay in the struggle. Stay in the struggle. Hallelujah 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 lord plant my feet plant my feet plant my feet on higher ground hallelujah 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 As our musicians come forward, we need to understand that the reason that Jesus struggled so mightily on the cross is so that we might have a relationship with God. The Bible says Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you and I to God. And so this morning, we can respond in faith. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Deacons are going back. They'll be at the doors. If you want to make a profession of faith this morning or join our church this morning, for those online, you can call 402-455-1000, extension 3. Let's listen as our worship team extends a musical invitation. Once again, if you're watching online at home, that number is 402-455-1000, extension 3. And now I want to dismiss you in the name of the Lord. We have some news to pass along here before we do. Thelma Williams, the sister of Mother Bobby Maxwell and Brother Williams and Sister Betty Colliers has passed and service arrangements will be announced. We're still trusting in Almighty God, though. And now may the peace of God that passes all human understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. This is our prayer this morning. In your name we pray, Lord. Amen. You may be seated and wait for the instructions of the ushers to leave the building. God bless you today.